Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of the Brothers Grimdark. I'm one of your hosts, Alan. And I am the other host, Gimli. <laughs> we are joined by Gimli for this edition. Now, we haven't got... Well, I have a topic in mind, which is... Well, there was two options. There's Necromunda or there End Times. And I've had okay. half a can of cider, so I'm feeling End Times. My God, half a can of cider. I know, I know. Bloody hell. We have, guys, we're going to have to scrape him up from the floor in a minute. <laughs> if he I'm has another finish. answer, that side of this whole world's going tits up. I'm going to finish the other half. Just you fucking watch me. Oh, God, it's happened. <laughs> He's a mean drunk, he is. Right. So, end times. Do you want to handle the history prior to end times? More of what fantasy was rather than, you know, the whole history of fantasy. I'll explain what fantasy was. What fantasy truly was. It's freedom. I mean, yeah, it's not just a boat with some sails and a, a bodice, but... um, <laughs> It's not just uh, some dice and some models and some tape measures. That's what the game is. Sorry, that's what the game needs. It was... A living, breathing world that combined high fantasy and gothic horror in a perfect union. Yeah. Quite literally perfect. As well as a dash of elch horror. A it's dash a of bit, it. But just enough. And a splash of whimsy as well. It was a concoction made by the gods themselves. The writers of old fantasy understood deep within their beards what fantasy meant. A dwarf was a dwarf, an elf was an elf, an orc was an orc. Men were men. And, <laughs> <laughs> and women were not a part of the game, because it's, it's a tabletop no, game. It would, yeah, swiftly turned to sexualization, which it did. If you look at Marathi, before New Age of Sigma Marathi, she had her tits out all day, every day. Whereas nowadays, she has her tits out, or she's a snake form with her tits out. Either way, it's great. <laughs> okay. That gets the seal of approval. So, fantasy. It was kind of fantastic. It was also the more complicated, like, counterpart to 40k. Like, to the point where positioning really mattered and facing and you, flanking could happen and it actually mattered. It was a lot Posi of complicated positioning, stuff. Positioning was the whole fucking game, basically. And you had different formations. Like the whole game was based on formation. So all your infantry, all your elite infantry, your cavalry, even um I mean the only thing that came separately were characters, siege weapons, and monsters. Everything else was in ranked up units, and that's why you might have seen pictures of big blocks of units. Because that's um, how they were. They were in the blocks, which was their formation. Hello? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, God. <laughs> Shitey internet problems are bound. Yeah, people, be be aware that my internet is absolute wank with a capital K. Um, <laughs> that's not how it's meant to be capitalised. That's how wank it is. That's how wanked it is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bad. So if I just go quiet or disappear, or there are sounds of... Uh, Eldritch abomination stealing his soul and possibly one of his testicles. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> there's also whistling in the background. <laughs> that would be on my part. That's on your end. Yeah, I... so, I mean, we're coping, we're coping, guys. There's problems. Um, anyway. But fan fantasy was a 
sexy skin flute of absolute awesome. And again, it was the kind of game where, you know, there was almost a snobbery. There was almost an element of snobbery. There was a snobbery. There wasn't almost snobbery. It was a snobbery. It was the thinking man's version of Warhammer. There was a slight snobbery in occasions, on occasions. Um, But it was incredibly awesome. It was so good. Like, I I remember getting into fantasy. I was a latecomer to fantasy. I will admit that. And at first I thought, wow, this is this is sort of complicated magical nonsense. Which and then I, I came to realize that I loved the magical nonsense. And I joined in 8th edition, so the final edition of fantasy was Spoiler when I joined. Warning. Spoiler warning. If you didn't know... <laughs> that, <laughs> if you weren't aware that fantasy is no longer um, a thing being sold by 40k, uh, Games Workshop. And I think you know, you'll hear a lot of uh, anti-Age of Sigma chatter within the podcast. And almost 100%... As, though, as if the parties will not be named, which have this negative chatter. I mean, I wouldn't like to say, but there have been rumours of yeah. certain members of the cast. Some rogue element actually named one of our past episodes Age of Shitmar. That was a technical glitch. That was a technical... <laughs> all of this resentment, all of this ill will, is because they destroyed a beautiful game. It wasn't perfect, it wasn't balanced, but it was fucking beautiful. The thing to understand is that the lore was incredibly well done. Like, Fantasy 8th Edition was, lore quality-wise, about the same as 40k has been near its heights. Of, like, just peak lore, everything done awesomely. To be fair, to yeah. be fair, not to overdo it, mm. there were some bad bits of law and fantasy. Like fantasy could There's def- always been bad bits of law in 40k. Let's be fair. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying that you know, fantasy was very good for law. So is 40k. Um, but fantasy was just consistently like good 40k stuff. I'll admit there is great 40k stuff which goes beyond fantasy, in my opinion. Um, and but yeah, goes- consistently very high some worse bits in 40k anyway so and then rules wise it was very interesting and very fun and did something different to 40k which is the, a very important thing to remember and then it was they a very went, different game yeah then they decided you know what we need to do with this kill it we need a sexy gritty reboot which yeah, is in no way is reboot for the modern age where do we begin like because they tried I think it, before. They did They did an event where it was like, ooh, it could be the end of the world. And it wasn't. Oh, God, that, even that was a fucking tale in of itself. With the, um, I, think, I think we have to briefly discuss it. Yeah, I think we do. Uh, and I think this will highlight very, very nicely, uh, and it will foreshadow all of my problems with true fantasy and clicking on your end. That is glasses clinking because I was painting an orc. I will now set my paintbrush down. You put that and down. I will put that down. It's October, people! Get your fucking brushes out and jam it in something. Uh, preferably with its consent, and it would be plastic. Uh, <laughs> 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 but going back to fantasy. Oh. Now, this beautifully <laughs> foreshadows its true end. Right? It is Volkmar. Volkmar, the twin-hammered twat. 
from the north. Um, it might not have been Volkmar. <laughs> it, it was like Voltaire or Volkmar. I can find it. I have, I have the one d four Chan page open in front of me. Good, good. Get it up. That's a very separate issue to what we're trying to do here. I am now a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's my my go-to advice. <laughs> get it up. Just get it up. Oh god. You know what? No, fuck it. This this thing is just a page full of complaining, and we'll do that all okay. on our own. So they had this event. Oh. Yeah, and Karl Franz was the emperor equivalent, only much lesser than. Okay, okay, a, a better a better equivalent was the emperor of that empire, but he's not the god emperor of mankind. It's yeah. A, a better way of saying it is that he's a high lord of terror. Yeah. But yeah. He is, um, what's the word? An autocrat? You know, he, he's the guy in charge. He's and a he's. Boy. Yeah, but Carl Franz is fucking well written. He's an awesome guy. Because uh, Alan and I, my, my co host here, yeah. um, we, we have a big our names thing. For once. Sorry? We actually covered our names for once this episode. Uh, we, we splashed them in yeah. here and there. Um, something we both hate. And it's a very fine line to dance across, is the line of the ultimate guy. Mm. So, for example, Reboot Gilliman is a bad example of the ultimate guy because he's the fucking best at everything. And he just chops it all off and yeah. stuffs it in. You know, as we say, that sorts out all problems in 112 years. 112, yeah. Did we rant about that on the podcast? I mean, it it. It's bad. It's bad. No, no, he, he fixed the Imperium in 112 years. Yeah, he um, did that. He's perfectly good. He's beaten all the like Chaos Primates who turned up. He's with ease. With, with ease. ease. He's once again turned our podcast in a completely unrelated episode to complaining about reboot. He also, 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 is so morally good he frowns on the Inquisition because they're mean. Yeah, and the the Emperor actually uh... approved of them. Approved of them, yeah. Uh, and then Carl Franz is the good example of the ultimate boy because the Empire, or the Imperium, if you like, was kind of like a German, Franco, um, you know, medieval society, or high medieval society. So they had, like, guns and cannons and that sort of thing. Castles. And, and castles, and castles. And, of course, wizardry. And Carl Franz... Uh, so the empire itself was split up into, I think it was twelve distinct, uh, I think counties, or con or states. If you're from the United States, <laughs> yeah, careful where you're going there. No, no, they, they are actually called states. They are actually called I states. I think in Germany called states as well. I think. Um, anyway, and these these states were fractious. Um, they didn't like each other. There were definite rivalries between them, and each of them had a leader in the form of an elector count, and the elector count did have a certain amount of power himself, so he could refuse the emperor. Carl. He could do that. Karl Franz, yeah, yeah, he could refuse him. Uh, but Karl Franz was such a fantastic statesman that he managed to unite the empire in its darkest hour. So normally what happens with the empire is it kind of falls apart, or you get like a mad, bad leader in charge, and there's a civil war, and it's incredibly um, fractured. You know, Nobody stands together. But Karl Franz unites them. Is Karl Franz the best fighter in the world? No. He's pretty darn good. He's good for a human. But he's not 
you know, he's he not anything special. He does kicking the shit out of the Dark Elves and beating up um, the Abaddon equivalent because he's just so good. No, his main thing that he does is statesmanship. Which is just fucking awesome. Mm. Which is fucking awesome. And he also, um, he drives technology with the Empire because humans in fantasy were actually always on the brink of staving off extinction because there were so many enemies. And the thing that gave them the edge against their enemies, back in um, Sigmar, Sigmar, the uh, namesake of Age of Sigmar, was a very early leader for them, the first emperor. Uh, he united all the tribes of the humans, and they fought the orcs, and they won, because they had help from the dwarves. But the thing that uplifted humanity was technology, and Karl Franz was a massive believer in driving the empire's technology. Uh, which was fucking just, it was cool. It was really cool because it's like, okay, here's a sensible approach to the future. Okay, magic is what it is. Manpower is what it is. But there are tougher, stronger creatures out here, such as orcs or beasts. How would mankind survive that? It, they do so in a logical manner, which is awesome. Fantastic yeah. shit. Fantastic that kind of thing. Yeah, and he's just an all-round awesome guy. Like, it's not like he goes around... I am so perfect, you must join me. Oh, bloody hell, he's perfect. And he plays that float like a madman. We'd better no, join him. We'd better join him. It's always, you know, there was always great reasoning, and he was a cool character. Then we have Volkmar. Volkmar is a shit. Basically, uh, there's a small village, which I think is attacked by Beastmen, mm. and the blacksmith or the blacksmith's apprentice is Volkmar. Volkmar picks up two hammers and slays many beastmen, although the village is badly burned in the process. <laughs> it might be an Albanian village, I'm not sure. Possibly. And so he, he tosses off some beastmen. And then it turns out it transpires. He beats others to death with hammers. He beats others to death. Now, Sigmar, canonically, um, was never a god. He yeah, was just yeah. a man. He was Huge a barbarian. Point. He was just a massively influential person as the first empire, uh, emperor of the human empire. That's all he was. He was then revered as an almost religious figure, but was not. Yeah, he, he was made into a religious figure. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was nothing magical about him. No. Um, and fantasy was different in that if you believed in a god, it didn't make the god real. That was never a thing. However, when they decided that Volkmar was here, uh, Volkmar was an entirely newly added character. So the other, all, all the other races are fully defined. Humanity's fully defined. Um, then one writer it, goes, I know it would be cool. If there was this character who was like so awesome, he could like kill an entire army of beastmen with his two hammers. And then like he's Sigmar or something. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be better than everything else that ever came before? Because I'm such a cool writer. But what it was, was that Sigmar was now made a god. Mm. So instead of just being a symbol, and people did worship him, let's not forget, they did worship him, there were statues to him, there were monasteries dedicated to him. However, he was never a god. And it always sort of, kind of insinuated that when people said, oh yes, Sigmar blesses you, or you're, Sigmar gifted you during that battle, you just got lucky. You know, there was no such divine blessing going on. However, Volkmar became the living embodiment of Sigmar. Yes. Which is like sense. a guardsman becoming the living embodiment of the emperor of mankind. It, or you'd also have to say that, you know, the emperor would have no presence in the warp whatsoever. The emperor has been dead for many years. 
and just <sighs> yeah but now he's back in fact the emperor was never a god the, the, emperor, the emperor was never a god some dude died very long ago who was a pretty rocking scientist who helped mankind get to the stars and all of a sudden he is a god and this man is the living embodiment of it yeah he's a fucking god lord lord solon macarius is now a god it's canon bitches oh, anyway so that so Vol Volcaron becomes the Sorry, sorry, God. It's all right. So Volcaron becomes the living embodiment of the Emperor. Uh, sorry, of Sigma. Sigma, Sigma. And he rocks out with his cock out and goes straight to Altdorf, which is the capital of the Germanic Empire, where Karl Fran atop a mighty eagle. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that cut out. And it's just where Karl Franz... Atop a mighty eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to fill in the blanks there? I, I said, uh, where Carl Franz sits on a atop a throne, atop an eagle. <laughs> okay. Um, and Volkman turns up. And Carl Franz basically has a little bit of a, a testy woo. And then there's like a battle where Chaos turns up or Beastmen turn up. And slashing faction turns up. That's yeah, maybe some... a bit of a theme. Some guy with some vendetta just turns up at Altdorf. Like, this is the heart of the Empire and the capital. Like, the strongest castle they have. The strongest city fortress. Because all so of the Empire... a lot of other land to get through before turning up there? Like, isn't it central-ish? It's kind of central. It's kind of, like, so towards the western border. just turns up out of nowhere? Yeah, like, it, it's far on the western border, and typically the chaos come from the north, and specifically yeah. the northeast. And this is on the West Hand border. I mean, it might not be Chaos, it might be Beastmen, but... I mean, we don't give a fuck. We it's just, unnamed Chaos faction. Yeah. And then Volkmar spins his little uh, hammer hammers and bashes the boys around. And then Carl Franz goes, holy fuck, this teenager. Might I remind you, he's still a teenager. Who is, who's shown that he's good with hammers. Who's shown that he's good at fighting Beastmen. Carl Franz just goes, fuck it, you're the Emperor. Like, oh my god, do you do you not realize like what made Carl Franz so I'm kind good? Of believing that this is um a blacksmith's apprentice who was hit one too many times with blacksmithing tools and was extremely gifted at blacksmithing and hitting things with hammers, albeit had difficulties in every other aspect of life. But Carl Franz just went, Fuck it. I am tired, and if people want this man to lead, let him. Yeah, it, it's just it, it, it's so painful. And the other thing as well is that Karl Franz's own law has specified that the Empire is united beneath him, not because he's the ultimate fighter boy, slam banguinous, jippy junger. It's because he's an awesome statesman. This blacksmith tosser is not an awesome statesman. He's, he's a just simpleton with hammers. hammers. Anyway, and then... It goes okay. Let's let's do end times. And they had like a big um, international think. Um, oh God, Conal, the Conal campaign, where everyone's results were compiled and the results would determine the future of the hobby. Yeah. Uh, in both cases, they wussed out, well, and Chaos loses. Was in both. This one that um, you know, Chaos was attacking. And if the Loyalists won more battles than the Chaos for that week or month or whatever, then it would go in the Loyalists' favour. If it was more Chaos, then it would go in the Chaos' favour. And it was 
bullshit. So anyway, so the good guys win. The good guys win. And Volkmar um, is now the emperor. Yeah. He then leads humans, elves, and dwarves versus chaos. And there's a big battle. Yeah. Which is basically battle pawn. They swung. Uh, they chopped. The thing died. Its head ripped open. There was blood and blood and an eye and blood. And he swung again, for example. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. And Volkmar meets Archeon. Archeon is basically Abaddon the Despoiler, only he's got fucking legs. What do you mean by that statement? As in, he is powerful. He actually gets shit done. Like, think, think, um, think Dungeons and Dragons, right? Okay. Think when, when there's just like a basic party. Like, you are literally a strong man with a sword if you're the mm. barbarian. You're not some you're titan slayer. And your friend who likes to pray now and again, and you're not sure if it does anything. That's the power level we're talking. Yeah, like, you're not some bestridled man with wielding Mjolnir, you know, slaying Thor. You're not, you're not doing that shit. Yeah. Um, basic party level. And then you come across a guy that is like the Dark Knight, the Black Knight. He's in full armor with a massive sword that it would take all three of you to just lift. Maybe even yeah. look at. You don't know how this works. It's magic. It's weird. Who could It's say? magic. And he's fucking big, swole, and nasty. Because Chaos in fantasy were essentially space marine-sized, albeit from crazy mutation and being scary northerners, while everyone else was human-sized. Yeah, and they were in full plate armor, and this yeah. is thick armor. Like, fighting one of these as a human, a regular Chaos warrior, you were dead. Like, imagine fighting a space marine. Just you, yourself. You know, a guardsman. There's a fantastic video for this, and it is the intro to Mark of Chaos. Go look it up if you haven't seen it. it it's worth your time. Glorious. It's, time. it's like two minutes of perfectly capturing how pants-sweatingly terrifying it would be if you were a normal Empire footman and you ran into just a few Chaos people. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. And in fantasy, they had also established that relics were truly something of power. You know, something that was old and was saturated with magic was incredibly powerful. Like, think Harry Potter. Think the old magical items in Harry Potter. Kind of that power level. Like, holy shit. You know, we're whispering about the power level of this thing because it's so crazy. Yeah. Archeon wielded seven of these. He was incredibly powerful. Volcomar. The teenage boy with a couple of hammers. Uh, probably a snazzy haircut. He, yeah, he, he looked pretty Swedish. He had blonde, long hair with a beard. Okay. Fair-skinned. And he fights Archeon. Was his skin colour really a necessary fact? He was incredibly powerful. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of his relics. His skin. Smooth as a baby bottom and twice as moist. I have serious questions. It was... Hey, I'm just reading what's in the book. Um, Are you? Anyway, so Volkmar, the teenage sass pants, 
squares up against the man that's probably twice his size, his size, riding a demon horse, wielding weapons and relics forged by the darkest powers to have ever existed. This is not hyperbole. All of that is fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Archeon kills a couple of things before, like, oh, he kills a man here, kills some stuff here. Named character there. Fuck it. Named character there. Who gives a shit, right? Not the writers. Volkmar is dueling him with the best of his fists, striking dolorous blow after dolorous blow. Archeon is striking back with bigger blows from bigger weapons. I mean, the hammers are well matched up against plate armor, considering. Like, if he brought a sword, he'd be straight fucked. But I'm just wondering how, like, he stops the sword going into him. Yo, don't forget, this is a time of magic. This oh, is a yeah, time yeah. of magic. I'm ignoring the whole way that he is completely outmatched <coughs> in a magical sense. I'm just like. No, no, I, I'm just thinking. He, he's wearing magical armor as well. Oh, he's got magical sorry. swords, magical armor. You know, the Empire just went, he must have all of them. This Give him everything. He's the Emperor fucking. Blacksmith's son who can barely talk. Give him, give him all the guns. Yep. That's basically what this moment is. Tolo. And Archeon is not struck low by him. The leader of Chaos is not struck low by Volkmar, but Volkmar is not struck low by Archeon. In fact, Grimgore, the orc, the black orc, the largest orc tribes ever to have roamed the earth for at least probably a few thousand years, charges sailing into the battle joining the chaos in the imperium in the melee or melee the broiling combat laying about themselves with heavy crude weapons grimgore himself finds his way to this duel somehow it, i mean this is armies clashing but everyone can get to the duel if they have an invitation yep he but then invitation in his case he just turned up he's just that much of a bamf he doesn't care for your structure. Grimgore the Banff marched forth, knocking down everything in his path, fighting his way to the jewel, at which point he revealed his dastardly plan. His winner. I was avoiding saying his dick. I was thinking about it, but I didn't. Why were you thinking about it? Well, you know, it'd be funny if he, if he turned up and just gave him a quick flash. Fuck it, just... There it is. The leader of mankind versus the leader of evil mankind and the dark gods, etc. And this orc turns up and just helicopters at them. It's basically that. It's basically that. He headbutts Archeon. Fracturing Archeon's demonic armor and knocking him unconscious. At which point the Chaos then go, ah, fuck it, we're out of here. And the Empire also goes, ah, fuck it. We're out of here. There's no point finishing this guy off. Like, I mean, what's he going to do? Yeah, he's not going to come back after that. He's just well, been headbutted no. by an orc. Yeah. And also Grimgore decides he's fucking out of here. The weird, orcs. Weird born the, orc, yeah. <coughs> the guys that live for fighting. The biggest, and winning. For fighting and winning. The biggest skirmishes before them. And they go, nah, fuck it. That one guy got headbutted. <laughs> these guys... It's not worth it. It's not yeah, worth it. Okay. The 600 kilometer walk wasn't fucking worth it. Let's go back. Yeah. That's so the quality th of law going into end times. 
No, no, it gets better. Does it? Oh, good it God. It gets better. Oh, good God. Because they then retconned this. Oh, yeah. They then went, actually, that's really bad. Let's get rid of that. So they just wiped out all that lore. They completely got rid of it. They were like, nah, fuck it. This is just bad. Just, just pretended it didn't happen, basically. Because nothing did happen, really. Other than the hammer child got forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing just was relegated into nothingness. Yeah. And then we entered into true end times. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Copyright. times. Copyright law. Copyright law. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. See, it's hilarious now until we actually get copyright strikes against us. Actually, yeah. fuck it. If we get copyright strikes against us from our impersonations of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, I am impressed with our singing abilities more than anything else. Yep, that's it. We can strike up a tune. Um, so proper end times. Proper end times. Uh, it forgets about chaos for a little bit. Forget about chaos. Because something that was awesome about fantasy, something that was ridiculous, something that was baller, is every single faction had its own shit going on, other than Beastmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other Beastmen than... were just having orgies in forests. That's all they did. Not even that. I think they were just hanging out in forests. They had orgies. They definitely had orgies. I don't know if you're fucking with me at this point. No, they did. They, they okay. definitely <laughs> did. They used to have dark, uh, rhythmic nights. Rhythm is a dancer in the forests where humans would go out and breed with the beastmen. Right. It got weird. Fantasy <laughs> was a little bit weird. <laughs> like the whole bit where Gene Steeler cults, it says that Gene Steelers are impregnating people. That's weird. It's basically that sort of, eh, I'm not so uncomfortable with this. generally more implied to be akin to the alien in that it's like stab, I don't know. egg you... insertion. You use the words penetration, impregnation. Yeah, I they're mean, doing that because they're deliberately aping the whole alien and trying to do that kind of body horror without the same kind of symbolism. Or... I don't. I don't think they need to. I think they can just be sinister. It can yeah, just no, be. They absolutely can be. But it's so. G Dub, so they're desperately like trying people. to ape the alien, and you know the alien is kind of uh, synonymous with sex, very much designed around it, etc. And so they go, "We can do that. How are you going to do that?" We'll just say impregnate a lot. Uh, anyway. Well, that mini rant aside, everyone had their own shit going on. Yeah. So the dwarves had a private win policy. The elves had a private win policy. The humans had a private win policy. So You mean they have their own ways to win the setting? Yeah. They, they had their own win conditions, shall we say. Yeah. So Empire... Humanity was primarily concerned about chaos. The dwarves. The dwarves were concerned about chaos, but also mostly the greenskins, who had taken over their ancestral homes and threatened to extinctify them. Technical term. <coughs> oh dear, I'm sorry. That is not um, a technical term. That is not a technical term. If you use uh, in your um, seaside, it's going to go badly. Anyway, so. Orcs were obsessed with, well, no, orcs were concerned about chaos and more primarily greenskins. What about the elves? What were they poncing up to? The elves were mostly involved in a civil war. Like, they weren't too concerned about anyone. 
As because, elves should be. Because the elves, or Dark Elder and Eldar, as you like to call them. Uh, and the Wood Elves. And the Wood Elves, of course. Uh, didn't like each other. They did not like each other. And there's a lot of magical um, nonsense and uh, ancestry and relics and all this sort of stuff shared between them. Mm. So one of these things was the Fe the Phoenix Crown or the Phoenix Throne. I can't remember exactly which one it is. It has been a long time since then. Just call it the Phoenix toy and let the internet sort it out. Yep. <laughs> and both the Dark Elves and the Elves wanted to have control of it. The Elves had control of it. The Dark Elves wanted to... Um, have control of it. To have control of it. And to this end, they had a man called Malekith, who is gone. You will not recognize him because he does not exist anymore. He is fully gone. Oh, he's been like renamed and shit, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's like Maga back. Oh, yeah. I think his name's changed like three times in Age of Sigma already. Gongo Bongo, the Lord of Banging. Not the worst title in the world. And it's not worse, actually. Yeah, so he wanted to secure the Phoenix crown for himself. Uh, and basically, to, to become king of the elves, to become the high ruler, you had to dip yourself in the pool of Cain. And when you dip yourself in the pool of Cain, it would burn the flesh from your body if you were impure. And the idea was that anyone selected to be king who didn't have, you know, royal blood or wasn't uh, noble enough or heroic enough See, would I die. I get the feeling with elves it would be if you had royal blood because they are a little bit, you know, have that oh, underlying yeah. tone to them. They're definitely massive dicks. And you had to have pure sort of elven blood Keep to even be considered. Pure. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the, yeah there's a bit of... Uh, xenophobia going on with the elves there's all sorts of this stuff and um a bit of racism cool. a bit cool. of superiority complex because they had depth they weren't just oh they're so good no actually kind of unpleasant yeah it was very cool and it was incredibly nuanced uh so anyway i mean the elves the dark elves and the elves uh came about because malekith tried to enter the um pool of cain <coughs> oh dear <coughs> Did you try and enter the pool of Cain? It's currently burning its way through your lungs. I mean, it's a very tame pool of Cain if it's just <laughs> making me cough. <laughs> but it, it tickles a little bit, but I'm, I think I'm all right. It turns out um, the elves were scared over nothing. Exactly. So he enters the pool of Cain, but he ignites in a puff of flames and... <laughs> he turns to Arnold Schwarzenegger and he <laughs> crawls from the pool while burning, his flesh dripping from his body. And he's horrifically burnt, and he flees flees the uh, the Isle of Uthwan, which is where the elves live. Um, it's a huge fuck off island full of dragons and forests and, and mountains. Primarily elves, and primarily elves. So he flees this place with his followers, and they form the Dark Elves. And the Dark Elves going about enslaving people and murdering, and you know, general things. dickery. Yeah, yeah. And Malekith is their leader. However, Malekith has a mother who you have, uh, because at the very least we've mentioned her, Morathi. The woman with the baps out. The bap lady. bap And she's got a pair of jubblies out, but more importantly, she's the mother of Malekith. I'm not sure if that notification just got recorded. I will mute that. Oh, God, shut up, whatever you are. Sorry. And she's meant to be evil and shit, yes. right? But also, she's got her baps out, so it's all very confusing. <laughs> no one quite knows what to make of her. I mean, she wants to Mostly wipe out all life, but bap 
naps out. <laughs> yeah. She wants to wipe it up, but do we let her? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And, um, yeah, so she does the whole typical sort of evil mother thing later on. I mean, previously she was sort of a strong independent woman, agree, uh, you know, with her baps out. Yeah. But she was very strong. She's very strong. As was you represented know, the, by the BAPs being out. Yeah, the, the BAPs were a symbol of strong feminist power. Um, in this example and, of a setting written entirely by men. Yeah, but she was pretty... She was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, she, and she, then she, she became... Of shit. Yeah, she basically then became evil mother. Uh, I think my internet's dying. Um, hello? Struggle through it. Struggle through it. It's okay. I, we yep. can hear you fine. So she she became the sort of very stereotypical evil mother character, like, ah, you will be king. Oh, I must care for my boy. I will do everything and destroy all who oppose him because I care so much. Whereas before, she really didn't give a fuck. She was very much out for her own ends because she was Well, awesome. I, I don't know. She, she still wanted her son to be uh, the Phoenix King. Yeah. That's the leader of the Elves of Phoenix But she was king. still actually independent. But she was independent, and she did her own shit, and she was just pretty evil, um, mm -hmm. which was cool, which is fair enough. Uh, the elves also have, like, the elves do have a fair number of strong women, female characters, but eventually it all comes down to sex. It's always like, oh, yes, she led this beautiful army that protected her because she was the ultimate source of um, power. I mean, this does come up later. And there's like, oh, yeah, and then she just married some guy, and now she's just a wife, you know? Because the and, you know, fate that the, the best female general could hope for was to marry a dude. Yeah, I mean, and we're not standing on some sort of soapbox here, but I mean, it's just later law got worse, shall we yeah, say. Yeah. It, it became and, less of um, what is this character actually doing, what are their goals, and it just became, hey, I, uh, to get a... married. Uh... It's everyone's goal to be married. Fuck it. <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate goal. Anyway, so the Dark Elves are doing that. The orcs. What are the orcs doing? Well, the orcs are sort of generally milling about, but there's also this whole kind of similarity between 40k and fantasy. The greatest war ever is brewing. But in fantasy, the orcs live in the Badlands, which is full of ogres and dragons and the chaos winds, which mutates anything it touches. So it's very cool, very mm. metal, mm. fucking badass. Most certainly is. The ogres. Who are the ogres? Ogres are basically very large, very dumb humanoids, which eat everything in sight. Completely driven by and... hunger. To the point where their magic is derived from gut. their gut. It is called gut magic. Yeah. And at this point, in this juncture, we will mention warpstone. Warpstone is basically rock. Magical rock that's been made magical by chaos. Chaos has tainted the earth. Hence warp. Hence warpstone. Oh dear. I had to mute myself because I'm dying. I'm dying. Could you could you please just stay focused? You know what? Off no, of fuck death. it. No. No. Death. There's only one way to restore this. Cells. Henry? Alright. Oh. Cells. Cells. Have you ever been in institutions? Cells. Cells. Do they keep you in a cell? Cells. Cells. When you're not performing your duties, do they keep you in a little box? Cells. Cells. Interlinked. Interlinked. What's it like to hold the hand of someone you love? Interlinked. Homosexual. Do they teach you how to feel finger to finger? Interlinked. <laughs> That's filthy. <laughs> That's filthy. 
Do you long for having your heart interlinked? Interlinked. Interlinked. <laughs> Do you dream about being interlinked? Interlinked. What's it like to hold the child in your arms? Interlinked. Fiery. <laughs> Do you feel there's a part of you that's missing? Interlinked. The green wire. Within cells interlinked. Cells interlinked. Okay, that that was a very long reference to... Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> whatever that film is called, Blade Runner. <laughs> God. Okay, we're, we're massive sci-fi and fancy nerds. Hence this this may shock you. <laughs> the people what? running a, a <laughs> Warhammer podcast are slate nerds. Okay. A, you're way off of baseline. B, get back on topic. Stop dying. Warpstone, metal, awesome. Warpstone. Um, Interlinked. Yes, Warpstone is mutated stone uh, made magical by chaos. And many different races have different names for it. It's extremely magical. It's extremely powerful. Mm. Um, think chaos sort of resonates within the stone. Like, chaos is everywhere in fantasy. It's, it's all over the place. You know, very, very trace amounts of it, but still everywhere. Yeah. Warpstone is very concentrated, magical power. Scary and, shit. <clears throat> you know, everyone can access it. Think Spider-Man 2, Tritium, right? The power of the sun in my hands. All right. See what I'm so saying? That was, that was a reference trip I wasn't expecting. Get on board. Toot toot, motherfucker. The train's pulling into the station. Um, I we're leaving the station. It is leaving the station. <laughs> and... The conductor's a little high. <laughs> Extremely high. And <laughs> Warpstone, uh, one, a, uh, something about Warpstone is that it can also happen to asteroids. And an asteroid was made chaos, chaosified, and it slammed into the Earth. It was the fancy <laughs> How much closer to the mic did you get for that? <laughs> Literally no closer but my hand <laughs> move in a very dramatic way. Yeah. Slammed into the earth. It slammed into the earth. And um, and it formed the Great Moor. A huge hole in the planet. Uh, theorized by some to go right through to the other side. That ate everything they came into contact with. And it basically became a symbol of gluttony. A symbol of infinite hunger to the ogres. Because the ogres love to eat. They fucking love it. More importantly, it's unknown if this moor is in fact a moor. They left it deliberately vague. It could just be this enormous chasm. It could literally be an enormous mouth. <laughs> like, there's... <sighs> yeah. And, and the way that 8th edition was, was that the gods of old had left. The gods have got, gone to the Emerald Isles. You know, the, the Silver Isles, sorry. Not Ireland. <laughs> 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 And the the gods have departed the world, and it's just the mortals left to fight for their own survival. Mm -hmm. And the Great Moor, yeah, is beautifully ambiguous as to whether or not it was a, a god or not. But the ogres worshipped it as though it was. And everything around it, basically the Great Moor, this meteorite slammed into the earth where the ogres lived, the ogre heartland. And it displaced the ogres, so they became nomads. And they'd be forever cursed to have an insatiable hunger. And this basically was either, you know, where their homeland was, uh, it had huge mammoths, colossal mammoths, which would feed all the ogres. You know, it was 
food was abundant. It was a paradise for them. And when they were forced to move, they fled into the mountains and the harsh badlands beyond, full of orcs and not much food and incredible predators. Uh, Is that your said, phone going off? That was my phone. That was my phone. As if to herald Mr. Spacey. you an impending Kevin Spacey joke. <laughs> yeah. Watch out! <laughs> it's incredible in predators. <laughs> incredible predators. Uh, swooping low and snatching children. And... Yes, yeah, so the ogres were just this nomadic force, but they had a god. The Great Maul was their god. And the Great Maul gave them the power of gastromancy. They used to cast spells invoking hunger. Um, you know, and sort of flesh. And that was their, their magical, uh, you know, synergy. And it was fucking awesome. And I collected ogres. I had an army of ogres. I still have an army of ogres. Uh, very close to my heart. I would never convert them to Age of Sigma. If anything, I would play them as Fantasy 8th Edition. Anyway. So that's ogres. Dwarves. Dwarves are very classical. Uh, short chaps, live in mountains. Have beards. Big hands. Big hands. Big yeah. beards. Big beards. And the women look like the men, and that's just great. <laughs> that's great. They've even got beards. You know, there's there's a woman for everyone in the mountains. That's what they say. Is that what lures the uh, the various dwarfs away from the smaller fishing villages? They hear the tales of there being a female dwarf for every man hidden away in the mountains. Is that where they originally started mining into the mountains to find the treasure trove of girl? I believe the dwarfs were so fucking hard they made sex dolls out of rock. I think that's what happened. Okay, you cut out there. All I got was made sex dolls made of... <laughs> Of rock, rock people, <laughs> R O C K, rock. Right. Anyways, and the cool thing about the dwarves were they're a very technologically superior race. Um, they shared their technology with humanity because they saw an ally in humanity against chaos. But they didn't give uh, them helicopter technology, which is a bit. They of a didn't game. give them helicopters. Let's not fuck around. <laughs> the dwarves... Wait, just just because the ape can use a gun doesn't mean you give him a helicopter. Exactly. The dwarves were fucking awesome. They, I also had an army of dwarves. Surprise to no one. Dwarves are my favorite fantasy creation ever. Fact. I love dwarves. Um, Different statement, but glad you got that out there. <laughs> the shorter they are, the harder you come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I love the dwarves. And the dwarves were a faction of miners... Uh, and technology was their game. Uh, they didn't do well with magic. They didn't like magic. They didn't trust it, as you shouldn't. Well done. Um, uh, but also, they were great smithies. Uh, they used to make armor and cannons and all this sort of thing. But there was a schism within the dwarves. The dwarves schism very much... Or chasm. A schism. A schism. A schism. Um, jazz wordology aside... Um, jazz fusion. The dwarves are in it. Were <laughs> <laughs> well, you just playing the word association game there for a second, and then bailing out of it with the cough? Uh, no, I, I believe um, the podcast is like spoken word jazz. It's free form. It's electric. It's alive. We are alive, dancing through the sands of time. At some point, we actually have to cover the end times. Good God. We're getting there. We have to. Okay. We have to base the, the past. Base. Have to base it. Past. Base it. 
wet it with a brush, slap it around a bit. That's what we're doing. I don't think you should be let near people. I think I should be let near podcasts and freeform <laughs> jazz meetings about basting. <laughs> Specifically basting. It's very, very... Oh, God. Oh, it's contagious. It's coming. That's not the right word. It's yeah. alive. <laughs> do, it's, don't worry. It's kind of a, a, a huge pile of chilies before doing this. So I'm ready to cough at any moment. Yeah, Continue. I'm just ill. I'm just ill. Um, we need to know that information. We're both mortal. You had a point a to surprise, make. A surprise to everyone. Uh, and the dwarves are in a schism. Think modern day uh, 40k. There, there is a lot of overlaps. And 40... Uh, the dwarves didn't want to advance in technology. You know. Well, they did, but they didn't want to do it at any great rate. If something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Uh, and dwarves are kind of fantastically nitpicky, as in you can spend 20 years making one axe. And that'll just be a basic axe for their frontline infantry. There's a reason why they're doing it, that's because they're wildly inefficient. Yeah, they're wildly inefficient. Dwarves don't reproduce that often. And another interesting caveat... It takes over 20 years. <laughs> it takes over 20 years. They have to do <laughs> they it back to food brought to them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's messy. breaks. It's messy. Hopefully toilet breaks. Yeah, I mean, let's just hope their concentration maintains. And <laughs> yeah, the, and one cool thing about the dwarfs is that they're naturally dying out anyway because the number of dwarf women is reducing. Turns out they mined the mountains out of them. It like, turns out it was all so, just... There was only so much girl in the mountain. And over the years, they'd mined it to pretty much its like breaking point. And right now, they're realizing they're running out. At which point... Um, the great uh, dwarf Al Kor released his book, it was An Uncomfortable Truth, about the dwindling amount of girl within these mountains. And how if they don't start preserving the girl now, they'll run out. But the orcs, uh, dwarfs, wouldn't listen. They kept on having their conjugal relations with girl, which lasts 20 years. See, I, I, I'm much more a fan of the... Uh the uh, the theory that there were no dwarf women ever. There was just a finite amount of dwarf men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's another woman. I won't say anything because, you know, you don't want to blow your chances. Two dudes having sex in a mountain. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, the, the dwarves wouldn't really progress their technology. They kind of viewed the helicopter as a modern... So I'm now imagining and... the dwarves as being like... If they were a really anti-gay society, but they were all men, and it was just out of like, tradition or something they picked up somewhere along the way. So you have all the dwarfs who are gay <laughs> having to try and hide it from each other because they're afraid they'll be revealed as the only gay dwarf. Yeah, they, they created the myth that there are dwarf <laughs> women, but it's all just broke back <laughs> in there, all of it. Yeah, Like Kazadum, Kazak Peak is just all slang for backdoor ramming pretty much um the whole language is basically <laughs> but they don't quite understand it anymore and have attributed it to other things hello hello oh, oh god um yeah so and and the dwarves had these fantastical uh mountains uh mountain encased fortresses so they had huge mines uh very greedy race digging 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 uh, but green skins, 
foul fungaloid digging bastards. I started painting again. Um, I heard. I have a problem. Yeah, so greenskins were the when were within the mountains and ogres and all this sort of stuff. And at one point, the old world, as it was known, uh, there was massive earthquakes after the war of war of the beard, where the dwarves fought the elves and basically beat the shit out of the elves and forced them back to their tiny island, Ulthuan. Get fucked on. And the dwarves, uh, all of their mines and their fortresses were incredibly well protected. That is very important for end times. Mm. Like these, these fortresses were nigh impenetrable. Nigh impenetrable. Like the dwarves were incredibly hardy and resilient, and their fort- fortresses were even more so. So they were awesome. They were really fucking awesome. And then this earthquake happened. The entire <laughs> dwarf uh... fortresses are like like the standard dwarf man. They're only getting penetrated by another dwarf. Exactly. Exactly. Male dwarf. Male dwarf. Let's point that out. And. <clears throat> So yeah, so many of the fortresses fall to greenskins, many of them. Because dwarves are also uh, fantastically rich. So there's great incentive for all sorts to go there. Not just orcs and ogres, there's also... Like, everyone wants in, because there's a shit ton of gold and relics and just cool shit that they've accumulated over millennia. Yeah, think think dungeon diving in Dungeons & Dragons, basically. Like, you could have an awesome game system set in the dilapidated ruins of an, uh, a dwarf fortress, which would be fucking awesome. Dungeons and Dragons is on your brain this week, isn't it? It's, well, that's because fantasy is so close to it. That's really. true. That is true. In many ways. Like, high fantasy is kind of what uh, Warhammer Fantasy was, only there was so much more to it. Uh, so anyways, the dwarves are very much in decline. And, you know, in the later books, it was kind of, yeah, the dwarves are on their way out. Like, the yeah. dwarves aren't going to win, but what can they do you know, in the game. And the, their, the dwarf endgame was humanity. And that's why they gave them technology. Even though the dwarves hate sharing their technology, they hate anything dwarven falling into the hands of anyone else. Uh, jealously guard their own stuff. Think Martians. Um, what? But yeah. Oh, I see. The tech priests of Mars. Tech priests, yeah. So I, for a second, I thought you just meant Martians in general. I was like, what the shit is he on about? <laughs> Grey matter. Um... Yes, the humans, 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 <laughs> humans, humans, human, oh. you must go defeat the chaos. Yeah, they could be Swedish. Uh, that was quite racist, but I'm doing yeah, it. We've anyway. done full Swedish racist accents on this before. Some of them are quite good, I will say. <laughs> Some of them are on the ball. Yep. Anyway. I went into depth there because I love them and there was such a betrayal in End Times that I feel like I had to kind of set up everything there. Yeah, because the betrayal is bad. End Times is bad. We're getting there, but, you know. Who's next on the backstory of all of fantasy, then? The backstory of all of fantasy. Lizard men. Yep. Lizard men. The scaly boys based on ancient uh, Mexican civilizations and North uh, South... North South American cultures, such yes. as Aztecs. Except they the own lizard people. Yeah. They're, they're lizard men. Basically, think there's a cast of incredibly powerful psychers, which are giant toads on giant chairs. Floating chairs, held up Floating by chairs. their own magic. And these guys are 
phenomenally powerful magicians in that they were given the power by the old ones who created all the races, by the way, like pretty much all of them. The old gods who uh, fucked off. The old race that fucked off. Not necessarily gods, but um, yeah. yeah, they gave the Slan, Slan priests, that's what they were called. Uh, the giant toad boys, they gave them the power to reshape the world. And they were kind of meant to keep shaping the world in the way that they saw fit. And they would move continents to do so. And this was fucking awesome. And then to protect the slime priests, they basically made an army of slaved, um, well, quite literally, lizard men. You know, humanoid lizards. It's quite descriptive a name. That were, yeah, all-encompassing. That were to protect them. And specifically against chaos. And there was a very famous battle where uh, huge amounts of chaos demons were breaking into the world well before the time of man. Uh, well, man was there, but, you know, very, very small. Unimportant. It was just there. Yeah, this was classical times. Think Greece. This is Greece now. and um, <laughs> Just roll with it. Just roll with it. And yeah, demons overtaking the entire world, and the lizard men fought to stop them, and they did. But it was a, a terrible cost. And many of the slant priests uh, fell into a deep slumber because of the sheer amount of magical energy that they expelled uh, or espoused. Um, yeah, it completely drained them, and they collapsed on their tiny chairs sleep because they're a bit tired now. Except for a few. A few still existed, but were incredibly potent psychers, such as Lord Croak. Um, really? The giant fat toad man is called Lord Croak. Actually, I think Lord Croak was one of the ones that fell asleep, but he was uh, one of the more powerful ones, and he quite literally summoned asteroids to rain down on his enemies. Such was his power. Yeah, these guys don't fuck about. Hey, it's Mazda Mundi. Who is the uh, the slime lord who's so still like? I recognize. So I'm going to go see. I'm going to say yes. It's in Total War Warhammer 2, the game by Creative Assembly and published by Sega. Available now on Steam. <laughs> Complete and, with all uh, its DLC. Not all of its DLC. There's more coming, oh, ladies oh, and gentlemen. The DLC uh, DLC train never stops for Sega games. Uh, new haircuts for elephants. Five dollars. What? you sega so lizard men lizard men are the classical army of order they are to shape the world and keep it ordered and their armies are slaved minds like there's very little free will allowed in the lizard men armies like the leaders are given some not very much their sole purpose is to live breathe and die for the slant the fat toad and they're fucking awesome and they dwell in giant lustrous jungles in the continent of Lustria or the uh, the country of Lustria in a subcontinent which is basically South America because the old world map is very much like our world it basically is Uthwan being very large England combined with Greenland oh, sorry the UK combined with Greenland important to know important to know uh, we also have um Gosh, I can't remember their name now. It's been so long. They were called like Cathar, Cathar, or Cathay, Cathay. That's it, Cathay. And they were basically the Chinese uh, from Cathay. Uh, <laughs> Saying they were the Chinese, the Chinese. It, it just seems a little. They were the Chinese, Emperor Ming Tung. 
I don't know. Chinese invaded. Yeah. That's when end times happen when they let them Chinese in. My grandpappy fought the Chinese. <laughs> we love America. We just we just love doing the accent as well. No offense <laughs> to be made. Yeah, sorry, um, but we're offending both China and America with this, aren't we? I don't know. We're just having fun. Oh boy, them <laughs> Chinamen. I have no follow up to that. You don't um, want to lay down too long, boy. Them Chinamen sneak up you and take it from a. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And that's why you don't lie down in a field for periods of time. The Chinese will get you. <laughs> oh dear. Doesn't matter which field. Doesn't matter which part of the world. They They'll get you. Find you. They got their ways with their sneaky technology made to track down men asleep in rice fields. (laughs) Rice fields. Wow, you crossed a line, sir. You crossed a line. (laughs) Maybe. You ain't going back now. You crossed the line. We'll leave him in the rice fields. Let nature take its course. They're moving in her. They're moving in her. Yes, so the Cather, the Chinamen of the old world, they moved in herds and they fought chaos and there were men. And they They were real men. men If they fell asleep in fields. They would. <laughs> this is all the fact. This it's is, all law. This is not us being offensive. Yeah, or as I like to call it, man cannon. Um, I've been arrested. <laughs> That's not what before. man cannon is. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty caliber. And. Uh, yeah, so that's that's that. But, I mean, the Cathay boys were just basically humans, but with the Chinese flair. Um, Did they even turn up at end times? Are they relevant? You haven't yeah, even explained Skaven yet, for fuck's sake. No, because there was Araby. What? Which was full of Arabs. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It'll get you if you're in a field. <laughs> but this time, just if you're crouching, they'll get you real nice. The Arabi. The Arabi. Were they legitimately called They the wore Arabi? lots of fine silks. Oh, good God. And they were Arabi. Anyway, so they, well, they were basically assigned to them. I don't think we should. We've already used the, no, 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 the southern no, voice no. for the Chan. I mean, yeah, I think we've 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 got our quota in um, <laughs> from our sponsors, Sony. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to thank Sega for sponsoring us to do those voices. Yeah, now we're going to get sued. No, neither of those people sponsor us. Neither of those people should be alerted to our existence. Um, so yeah, so there was there was Araby, which was just another basically, um, for want of a better word, desert people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean that in the ni- I mean that in the nicest way. You know, they were they were tough motherfuckers with swords, big curved swords. Um, basically, they were cool. They were saying cool. the phrase "desert people" as sort of a weird, offhand, slightly racist comment is because Games Workshop took. Basically, you know what we no, need? No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. That's a lawsuit. That's a lawsuit. That's a lawsuit. I'm stopping you right there. A company which made this game unnamed as of this point. No. Decided they no, wanted no, no. faction. These, these, men, these men grew up in the desert. That's it. We're done. 
We're done. Tomb and they Kings. decided to Tomb name Kings. the people who grew up in the desert the Arabi. Gave them yep. fine silks and curved swords. Yep, enough said. <laughs> Tomb Kings. Tomb Kings. Otherwise known uh, as the Necrons. Tomb Kings and Necrons. Uh, think Egypt. Think Necrons. Think Egypt. Because Necrons are based on Egypt, Alan. No, they're based off of Tomb Yes, Kings. they are. They're based off of they're based off of Tomb Red Kings and Necrons. So Tomb, Tomb Kings are Egyptians. Uh, basically, yeah, again, similar story to Necrons, only far better. Uh, yep. They were human. Um, they had powers. The leader, Setra, wanted, Setra the Imperishable, uh, wanted to live forever. So he created a special um, research division, if you like, uh, into X-Con. prolonging Designed life. Designed to defend the world against further strange asteroid attacks. What, sorry? Called XCOM, designed to defend the world from strange asteroid attacks. A secret task force set up, <laughs> gathering people from all across the group. No, Alan. He made Suicide Squad. <laughs> Sometimes you need the bad ones to take out the bad ones. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, it makes God. sense, damn it. It makes more sense than anything. Just let the criminals loose on the streets to round up the criminals as you're saying if we let these people loose they'll solve our problems yes i don't see any complaints with that take but these armed criminals <laughs> aim them further we got this woman here she got the power of egyptian god let's let her loose on the city of manhattan <laughs> all right who approved this? Who said, yes, we need that to happen? Also, I would like to point out that Harley Quinn... Like, we're talking about Suicide Squad now, guys. Um, the film. The, the film for Suicide Squad. Um, they point out the fact that Harley Quinn is insane. But they need her What's because she's insane. She's what? Yeah, he's crazy, but she's crazier. But is that possible? I think the Joker's meant to be pretty darn crazy. He's kind of the epitome. It's just more capable, let's be honest. No, no, she's she's more dangerous, but she loves him and she'll do anything for him. That's not how danger works. That is how danger like, works. A nuclear bomb is not any more dangerous because it loves someone. <laughs> it is more dangerous. It is. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, what? What? Like, I know the film has to kind of yada yada, we're going to make the, the bad guys loose and whatever. Um, but why did they just go, yeah, she's insane, but that's just why we need her. They needed it's... her for boobs in the trailers. And Was the she film. boobs? Uh, she I don't like, know. She had like a tight-fitting top and then skimpy pants. Like, yeah, but she's also... To... But she's dressed like someone who's had a mental breakdown. Like, that's not sexy. It's not sexy. That's what so some I'm... men go for. I'm not coping well with life, okay? That's <laughs> Wait, that, that's you a know, sign of an easy day. They're going to be impressed no matter what you get them. Yeah, but that's you can take them to McDonald's and boom. That raises further questions. Um, yeah, so that's Suicide Squad. That's you need to know that for Cetra the Imperishable because Cetra set up a special court, a special uh, little science unit uh, to discover the meaning of life and make everyone invincible and live forever. Uh they succeeded. However, 
uh, they turned everyone into skeletons. Like, that's how it worked. And Cetra reawoke, because Cetra died, which is a really cool fact. Cetra actually died. The man died, and then was reborn as the ultimate skeleton boy. Um, however, two things very special to note. Yeah. Um, hold on, I've got to Google something. Uh oh. Oh, God. Whoa. You can take this point for me to briefly complain once again about how the Necrons are just the Tomb Kings, made even weirder by the fact that 40k already had an Egyptian faction in the form of the Thousand Sons, but because Matt Ward is just a shit writer, he went, I'll give him an Egyptian faction. But there's already Egyptian. I don't care. What I say is the more. best. We need more, Alan. I... I need an orc faction that is Egyptians, damn it. No, no, we need we need an orc faction in forty k. So I've got like these these the, these blue guys who like they like thrive on conflict and they can cobble scrap together and they like wah, and they're better than the other ones. Yeah, and there'll be a leader who is female called Cleo Orctra. It's gonna happen, <laughs> boys. Uh, okay, two things important to note about uh, Cetra's very special science unit. One of their member was Nagash. A name you may that's, recognize. That, that's a name you may recognize. Uh, one was Nagash, or The Gash, or The Big Gash, as some people like to call him. Not sure why. Or Don't Teddy really Gashnals. Teddy, Teddy Gashnals. The great Gashnals. Gashnals. Good God. Sorry? Teddy Gashnals, not Gashholes. That's just <laughs> immature. <laughs> that's what you said. Uh, the it's other Teddy thing Gashholes. is... <laughs> He's Teddy Gashnals. <laughs> He's currently trapped on an island trying to deal with the fact he accidentally burned his wife's house down. Or burnt his wife down. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Teddy Gashol burnt his uh, wife down. Gashnals. It, Is this something going on here? <laughs> it's a reference to Shutter Island. Oh, Teddy what's his Daniels. name? Teddy Daniels. Yeah. Oh. Okay, Gash Holes was a bit... <laughs> gash Holes, not Gash Holes. <laughs> Burned his wife down. Latest. <laughs> Latest. Latest. Um. Sorry, I want that to be a complete... The test... But you, those of you at home, you know that whole test we did earlier from Blade Runner? Like, cells interlinked. I want to rewrite that, but with Latest. Who <laughs> was the first man to walk on the moon? Latest. Latest. <laughs> Why am I holding this flame so close to your face? Latest. <laughs> you go to a bar, meet a bunch of women. Latest. <laughs> you kill your firstborn daughter. Latest. Latest. And that's not a spoiler, because that... <laughs> um, Yeah, so we're talking about Cetra, and the gash is there, and the big gash in the sky. And the other thing is that this special court of wizardry also spawned the vampire counts. Vampire counts. Who the fuck are the vampire counts? Well, they're mortals who drink on the blood of other vampires. You familiar become... with vampires? They're vampires. Done right in that they're fucking awesome and terrifying. Oh, yeah. They're, they're undead monsters. They're not, oh, look, we're so sexy. Let's just bite each other's genitals. That's weird. Don't do that. That'll hurt uh... someone. What do you mean, uh, no, oh, don't no, like, bite someone's on. genitals. Not, not bite, but, okay, look, you know what, <clears throat> move on. Yeah, I will, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so these guys are awesome. They summon massive undead armies around them. Uh, very, very powerful. Very, very powerful lone dudes. Uh, and there's 
one called Vlad the Impaler, and he's Guess basically where he got his inspiration from. Basically, Dracula. Yeah, he's Vlad von Karstein. Von Karstein is the vampire camp family uh, set up in Sylvania, which used to be one of the um, twelve parishes or states of the empire. It is no longer, or it is, but it's referred to as the Dead State. Why? Because uh, vampires are dead. dead. Yep, fact. Technically fact. The, the, the living dead. And um, the living dead shall rise again. And... There's no more room in earth. Fuck! No, there's no more room in hell. Damn it. <laughs> <There are other. laughs> yeah, it just reopens the portal back to hell because earth got too full. <laughs> it's basically the plot of Little Nicky. Anyway. I guess, yeah. That's the vampire counts. Are we plot almost done? Skaven. Skaven, Ratman, quick, quick, run, run. Yeah, they say everything <coughs> twice, <coughs> and they need to be shot in the balls. In the balls. In the balls. I was blinded by the balls that were shot on that kid. That's and, a reference. Uh, that's a reference to <laughs> Kevin Spacey and Baby Driver. Yes. Basically, everything I ever say is Kevin Spacey related. So, Skaven, a bunch of filthy rat men who live in the sewers of the old world, live in great warrens underground. They're also a massive enemy to the dwarves, uh, meant to be billions. And this is like, think medieval Europe. Think how many people were in medieval Europe. Let's say two million. Million, yeah. Like... The Ratmen are meant to be numbered in the billions. There's, there's a lot. There's a but concerningly large amount. They're extremely conniving, evil, dirty little Ratmen. <laughs> <laughs> conniving. And they say everything twice, which makes you want to blow your own face off. Uh, John Travolta. Difficult to do, but possible. It is indeed possible. Um, yeah, so if you ever play a game with Skaven in, such as Vermintide or Vermintide 2, fucking great games on yeah, Steam. Seriously, uh, cannot recommend them enough. If you want a good game about fantasy, <coughs> go play Vermintide yeah. or 2. Like, I, Vermintide 1 or 2. Yeah, they're is, both fantastic. 2 is better. But, you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, it's great. It'll immerse you immediately within the world. Mm. Stand what Chaos Warriors. Um, yeah. It's a fucking great game. And the worst thing about it, the worst thing I can levy, level against it, is Wait, the fact that they, they understood the lore better than the writers for the end times. They really did. Like, the dwarf hates the elf, but it's, they're a little bit friendly. The elf mocks the others for being less skilled, less quick, less lithe. This way, Lambert fits. The Imperial soldier is German. Uh, doesn't sound German, uh, but is just sort of like, you know, drinking beer, holding a spy-hander with a big beard. While also being then, concerned now and again when something actually scary turns up going, um, the fuck do we do now? Yeah, because he's just a mortal. Yeah. And there's also a wizard who is sort of silly. You'll also be getting the um, Inquisitor, who's constantly Inquisitor. going to mad them all. My rapier shall pierce them. Get Fish them, wizard, and I'll get you after. Stab. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, you know. Wizard to stab, they called him. Fermentide to. His propensity to stab people. I've seen that, that shandy's gone right to your head. <laughs> I'm afraid it has. Fermentide to. 1.8 units. It's a cheaper game than you'd expect. It's a hack and slash game. You move. It's got good graphics, 
Great sound. Oh god! I don't know what he's done. It sounds like a ping pong ball has gone up him. I dropped the can. Is it? Are you alright? It's empty. Are you alive? It was empty. It fell on the back of the computer, which was terrifying. That is absolutely shit speaking. <laughs> it was, it was shit speaking. Okay, that was terrifying. Um, also, we'd like to thank Fat Shark for sponsoring us for this episode to promote their game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we they do this one for your charge because we love the Arabi section of this. Arabi. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, that's kind of like all all the races. Yes, and end times. If you can draw with your mind, draw with me. I will be the Bob Ross to your hand. I want you to paint what you've learnt today and then smear your own shit against it. And you still have a better understanding of the law than the people who wrote End Times. And the end result is better than End Times. Literally everything, everything you could think of is a slap to the face with End Times. It's impressive. So, like, they go out of their way. Because there's some things that would be just such an easy win, like just, oh, just make this happen, or just do this. Nope. Yeah. Oh, and, God. I mean, if, if you look at the old lore, the old texts guarded by Cerberus, um, you will find that they set up every character to be doing something. Like, every character had a This isn't a case where the Necrons exist, but no one gives a fuck. Every faction's doing something. The named characters Every... are doing something. Yeah, and there was, like, micro-battles within the faction. Like, what is this one hero trying to achieve? Well, let's see what happens. Um... So, yeah, all the named characters. Pretty much all of them. Other than Nagash. Uh, Skeleton Jack, as he's known. Skeleton Jack, the Pumpkin King. Uh, the man with two big feet. Every other character does something just bizarre and rubbish. Actually, no, I'll include Setra in the list of exclusions. Because Setra returns, right? Setra returns as Skeleton Boy. Let's talk about Nagash. <laughs> Nagash was a sorcerer from the tomb. Teddy Gashnals. Teddy Gashnals. Um... His wife went insane. She, he killed... No. Um, <laughs> he burnt her down. He burnt everything down. He burnt the world. And Nagash and was Lotus. a great sorcerer. He found basically the Book of Death. I think it's called the Book of Death. And The Mummy is a great film. Just yeah, the Mummy's a fantastic film. Not the, not the Tom Cruise one. But no. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, check it out. It's fun. We'd like to thank... Um, I'm a librarian. Pictures for promoting this section of the review. Yeah. The Mummy. Go buy it. It's a very cheap film. You're going to enjoy it. Brendan Fraser's wonderful in it. Brendan Fraser's wonderful. Very uh, handsome. Very entertaining. Uh, There's also Evelyn. Rachel Weiss. Or Weiss. However you want to say that. Very attractive. You'll enjoy that. That's uh, for everyone. Rachel! Rachel! Rachel, Rachel. Um... Do you have a point? Do you, yeah. to, do you want to get back on? Mac? I've kind of lost it. Uh, Nagash. <laughs> Nagash. Te Teddy Gashnell's wife. 
Oh, sorry, that was, that, that was a joke, wasn't it? But Teddy Gashnels. Yeah, Nagash. Uh, very powerful dude, very powerful sorcerer. Breaks away from the Tomb Kings, breaks away from Cetra, becomes his own... Uh, he basically becomes a demigod from finding arcane runes, arcane books, buffing himself, buffing his magical powers, consuming items of power, consuming people of power. By the end times, he does start consuming people, and he even consumes a god, which I would rather smash my own foreskin in a door than <laughs> fucking read again. God, that fit <laughs> fucking hurt. It, it's about the dwarves. See, the scariest um, thing is, is I've, I've held the book at him before, and he has slammed his foreskin in a door. This is not an empty threat. He will do it. Okay, that was a weird time for the internet to die there. I don't um, know what you heard. I don't know what you're soliciting, but... <laughs> I was just saying it's not an empty threat. You have, in fact, slammed your foreskin in a door before rather than read this. All right, okay. Um, yeah, so, it, I mean, Nagash becomes a very all-powerful de deity, and Citra, like, this this one war Citra has against Nagash... Uh, where it basically almost destroys the Tomb Kings, but they win, they beat Nagash, which is, like, super highly questionable, because both of them are necromancers, both of them are summoning armies of skeletons to fight each other, but it's meant to be like a, ooh, but it's getting diminished. Like, but they're summoning magical constructs of the dead. Like, how how can we be diminishing here? Like, what's... What? Magic, anyway. magic got weaker. Magic got weaker? I don't know. Like, the yeah. winds of chaos, winds of magic blow everywhere. Um... So Nagash is defeated once. He's sealed away. True end times. Nagash returns. So instead of that fucking Volkmar, Jimmy, Neutron, and the Hammer Spaz. Man. Hammer Boy. Yeah, Hammer Boy. Just him um, Spaz. Yeah, he's Jimmy Neutron. Uh, in a bad way. In a very, very bad way. Um, anyway, instead of all that shitty plotline, and with Chaos as well, they kind of relegate Chaos a little bit. Nagash becomes the true end times for this moment. Mm. And Nagash comes back. And they do it, like, the start of it, I'll, I'll agree, I was hyped. I will admit that. I was like, oh, shit, this looks really interesting. Yeah, What's going to happen They're here? not just going down chaos. Exactly, because basically in the, when they announced End Times, it was like, oh, my goodness, every door of excitement, every door of possibility has just been flung open. I'm going to see joy. Yeah, ecstasy, some would say. Writhing ecstasy, right? Uh... A firm grasp of carpet, some would other say. Uh, so you're expecting every character to do what they are telegraphed to do. You're like, oh my god, you know, he's going to do this. You know, Thorgrim's going to liberate uh, Karak Eight Peaks. You know, Belagar, Iron Hammer's going to, you know, defeat more um, levels of Karak Eight Peaks. He's going to. The ogres are going to eat shit. The ogres are going to go crazy. The orcs are going to go crazy. Chaos is going to go crazy. The Empire is going to have a big fight on its hands. It's going to be fucking cool. Bretonia is... Bretonia, le Breton. Um, the French. The French. French. Le badminton. Joujou uh, au foot. Où est en bibliothèque? Yeah, exactly. They, they were going to do something. They were going to say, voilà mon passeport, and smash some dick. You know, that's awesome. That's what they did. It's, Instead, we got a wet bit of sausage right in the eye. Um, and all of my excitement instantly faded by the second book of the end times. Because the first book was like, ah, I don't really like what they're doing here. Like, the gash is kind of shitting on some people. Kind of like when Rebecca Gilliman turned up. It's like, eh, we'll see where it goes. 
yeah, it's like I'm not 100% on board, but I'm excited for a bit of change, you know. And then as the more books came out, it's like, okay, now you're just in, introducing random shitty characters with bad lore, such, such as Rotigus. Um, if you haven't listened to our Death Guard Codex review, please give that a listen. I think That's it's quite fun. I think it's quite exciting. That's a Demon Codex review. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, right. Check out both of them. Check out both of them. <laughs> Go back and watch all of our stuff again. In fact, listen to it. Yeah, Necron episode one is what you need to understand this episode. Anyway, <laughs> God, this this episode has been so chaotic. Yeah, so, so many random sales pitches. Um, we have a lot of sponsorships it? to get through. That's including. Oh, yeah. We'd like to thank the Brothers Grimdark podcast for sponsoring <laughs> this episode for enabling us to rant <laughs> unintelligibly into your ear hole. We apologize. <laughs> That should just be that should be the tagline for we apologize. <laughs> the up, we apologize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to cover ourselves. Yeah. So Nagash comes back in a big way. And why Nagash I was saying that he's an exclusion and so is Cetra, because both of them act true to form. Nagash goes, Okay, I'm a crazy demigod, motherfuckers, shooting his bone staff at everything that moves. As as um, he would do. You know, and the stuff around Nagash, like I'll, I'll explain the, the door slamming foreskin moment. Uh, Nagash goes to one of the dwarven holds, blows it apart with his magic, undead are charging into the, the but, ranked up but dwarves, depleted like, arms. Couldn't they build stuff which was like magic resistant, like runes and shit, which was like. Yeah, that, that was their specialty, but Nagash mm. was so magical his bone staff just shattered it. Okay. He was the lord of penetration at this point. Okay. Uh, the bone lord, the bone train. Mac 2 of boning. Um, he slammed into this dwarf hold. And this dwarf hold was actually the final resting place of the dwarf goddess Valea, the goddess of life. Okay. Who breathed life into all dwarfdom. Okay. And she's been lying asleep because everyone's fucking asleep in Warhammer. Everyone's asleep. Nobody can be awake. Oh, this guy's really powerful and really awesome. He could save the entire Empire of Man. He could save the Imperium. What's he doing? He's asleep right now. We don't want to wake him up. Yeah, we'll anyway. just wake up the one in stasis. That'll be fine. Yeah, we'll just put a magical suit on the guy that can't move or breathe, and we can't get to him. I'm so excited to do that bit of lore, because it's, it's actually dog shit. Anyway. <laughs> um, yes. So he smashes the doors. He smashes the back door of uh, the hold-in. Yep. And there's a dwarven smithy uh, called, I want to say Thorin Iron Brow um, or Iron Brew uh, or Thorbeck. I can't, I can't quite remember. It's been so many years, fantasy lore. I'm going to apologize, guys. You know, that is my fault. I haven't got the names down. Anyway, uh, there are certain rune lords. They're called rune lords because they're master smiths of the dwarves. Uh, and rune lords have access to special magical anvils. And there's meant to be only like 30 tops, like very few numbers of these anvils left to the dwarves. But it's one way, one of the ways the dwarves can cast magic as well as uh, create magical weapons. It's this super fucking rare forge. He smashes it in half. I think Alan's just left. Um, <laughs> there's people moving around. Bastards. Yeah, he smashes his anvil in half. This priceless relic, something the dwarves like would never do. Yeah, like the dwarves are all about their relics. They're all about they saving the their history to prevent Nagash getting it. Yeah, I mean, for example, it, I mean the the way that the dwarves are at the minute is that they're sending expeditions of armies 
expeditionary armies, sorry, to retake old holds from greenskins. And like 99% of these die, mm. but they still do it just to try and reclaim their honor, claim their homelands, and perhaps even dooming the holds they left behind. Like the army leaves the hold, that hold then has much less tools to defend it. Anyway. Basic mathematics. He smashes this anvil, releasing its magical power in a massive thunderclap. That was a very bad clap. That's ah, still bad. I don't want to do a really loud no, one. Um, cause problems. Yeah. Thunderclap. How close are you to the microphone at this stage? I'm the same distance. Same distance. <laughs> it feels like you've been inching closer. Maybe I have, because I'm so fucking excited. Um, with ma mad blinding rage. And... <laughs> So Thorin kills himself. He kills pretty much all the dwarves around him, all the undead. By the way, killing undead around a necromancer is fucking pointless. Like, there's so many bits in the end times where it's like, we're going to make this heroic sacrifice by killing ourselves, but we're going to kill a load of the undead with us. They can literally resummon them. What the fuck are you writers you doing? They got them, they reanimated them. What are they going to do once oh you, my God. you know, put them down? Reanimate them! Yeah, and there's a cool thing where back in the old days with vampire accounts especially, uh, there was like cool uh, tidbits of lore where an empire army would be versus like a vampire count army. And what would happen is as the empire soldiers were falling, they would get back up as risen soldiers to fight for the vampire count because he resurrects them. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking terrifying. By the way, that vampire is... count armies would be like sometimes just one vampire and a shit ton of undead. Yeah, normally only one vampire. Yeah. There's, there should only be one vampire. Like, occasionally there's more, powerful. but... Yeah. Anyway, so Thorin does this, blows up the world, blows up his hold. Uh, he dies. All the dwarves around him die. All the undead die around him die. Nagash is lightly bruised Why did best. they die? Not as in like, the explosion, but I'm saying, why did he kill all these dwarves? Thorin. Yeah, just, just to stop him uh, getting an anvil. The idea was that he would blow up the anvil to both stop Nagash getting the anvil and also to stop Nagash getting to Valea, who Thorin was protecting. Oh, yes, of course. How However, Nagash lives. Yeah. Nagash then uh, lifts up the body of Valea mm -hmm. and sucks all the magical energy out of her. She doesn't. He doesn't kill her. He just sucks all the magical energy out of her and then leaves her in the hold, right? Okay. And then another thing, like... Just This is a very small bit, but the End Times writers would then have you believe that Valea lives as just a mortal, right? Why? Hold on, stop. Stop right there. That's not even the question. The question is, a dwarf hold has just been smashed open. All the wealth, all the riches are still inside. The fact that there is just an unconscious dwarf goddess in there does not mean that Skaven, Orcs, Ogres would not be all over that shit. She is dead. She is dead or she's captured by Skaven. I'm sorry, those should be yeah. the only outcomes. But even ignoring all of that, considering how end times went, spoiler, not well, what was the point in going, but she lives? Uh, because at this point they were trying to do like a whole like, ah, is it going to end? Is it not going to end? Despite the fact it was called end times, you know. Uh, so they, they wanted to kind of dally on either side, but ultimately they fucked it. They fucked it so bad. Really um, yeah, so, so I mean... That, what was the next sort of... Are there any more landmark moments? Should we just start listing what happened to things? I mean, 
as as far as landmark moments go, there are many, many shitey things. Like kind of every named character is given a death between between sort of semi noble but kind of pretty silly suicide mm. to just like footnote. Yeah, he's dead. Well, usually as well it was an unnamed corn army. This was the weapon of choice for end times. And it's turning up a lot in 40k right now, which is really concerning. Yeah, this is the thing that's pretty scary, because the telegraphing of the end fantasy was just unnamed corn armies, unnamed skaven armies doing their bidding. Like the lizard men. The fall of the lizard men came down to unnamed corn armies and unnamed uh, skaven armies. That's a whole fucking faction. A whole faction people hugely cared about was wiped out by... Air. They couldn't even be asked to send a named character after them. Nothing like that. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, we should do another episode. We should do another episode? We should do one more, and then that's it forever. That's no, it. That, well, I mean, one more, one more salient. One more salient of the mist. But now, now that we've laid down the groundwork for end times, so we can next time really get in there. Uh, I want to. I want to, because... Part of this podcast for me, mm. part of this podcast is it's striking back, out, striking back at the shit that we have to swallow, right? Like GW writers sometimes do a great job, sometimes do an absolutely terrible job example, and ruin an entire. Let's praise one thing they do in end times, which was making uh, vampire counts side with the empire. Yeah. One thing that was very cool. One thing that was very cool. Because vampires do actually need living things to survive. So yeah, they would side with the Empire here. That's a really cool, good bit of lore. Well done. The rest of it is absolute dog shite. Yeah, and then then there's many, many questions, many, many problems with the vampire counts out of them. Just going to say that now. And there's so much stuff that we need to cover. Like, the, the breadth of what I want to complain about. <laughs> We've only just touched upon the very tippy top of the ice. Yeah. It's like, there's really a lot bad. more to go. And on that note, on that note of looking forward to us fucking ranting next time. Hold on. Oh, oh yeah, you have news. I also I have, have some news. news. My news is I have news. My news is teeny, so I'll quickly go first, which is simply Oh look, Tau turning up in uh, tournaments again. And doing well. Not as well as other factions, no, but... Oh, look, it's a reaction to knights, as we predicted. Yeah, right, I was just, just very nice. proud of it. Okay, let's, let's just talk about news very quickly. Yep. Okay, October is upon us. Wow. And October... Is it? That's not a very good war on. I'm in a house with, like three other people none of you must feel the orc the magical thighs of green i i, I will give a full war at some point the I'll velvet on the codex release i will give a full war and i will across accept the that. room so it doesn't blow out the mic i'll accept that um so the velvety green buttocks of the orcs um this is just like a side note this is a side thing about gw i'm a big orc fan i love orcs uh, I've started painting up my boys to try and get them ready uh, for a little battle for simulation for Porktober. 
um, which is going to be fun. I'm trying to speed paint them, which is also pretty fun for me because I'm normally a, a, one of these painters. I'll spend like maybe eight hours on a basic infantry model, not even finish it, and then be like, wow, fuck it, this is taking ages. I'm just not going to do the other ten. <laughs> That's like my classic move, guys. Just I'm one of those sorts of painters. Like You spend so long on something, it's like, ah, it's such an investment. Um, yeah, so I'm speed painting my orcs. Hopefully there'll be some uh, stuff from that coming out. And the thing about October, thing about October, speculation. Uh, we speculate that there will not be a new Orc Boy kit. And my reasoning for this is because so many ancillary units for the Orcs use the standard Orc Boy, such as the, such as the Orc Fighter, such as the Orc Truck. I, I think the like, Orc Boy can be updated and they don't have to update those models. I think the reason why they won't update it is because that costs money. I'm not sure, but it would sell. It would sell. It would, because but the Orc Boy kit sells anyway. Well, here's, here's what's going to happen, though. There's going to be a new green tide, and it's going to be magnificent. Because Orcs are actually looking to be shaping up to be a very nice army. And I'll tell you why. Not because of vehicles, not because of shooting. Like, people have been talking about the rule daka 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 or daka daka. It's not going to be that effective. Because it's on a roll of a six, you get another roll to hit. And so that's one in six, and then a one in three. So you're looking at one in... chance of getting an additional hit. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's it's one in 18. Much. Yeah, because it's one, one in three, not one in six. I think you get minus one to hit. Ignore me. Yeah, so if you, if you fire 30 orc boys with sluggers, let's say, uh, you know, on average you're getting 1.4, 1.6 hits, you know, extra shots hitting. Yeah, it's it's not massive. It's not massive. Yeah. But the thing that is going to be massive is Blood Axe Orc Boy Spam. Because you can give Orcs always the, the cover, uh, the co benefit of cover with the Blood Axes. Uh, additional hits are caused on sixes in close combat, apparently. Apparently. Uh, and I think they also get like a pseudo feel no pain. That sounds Which very scary. It's going to be scary on like 30 boy mobs because they're going to be they're cheap as well. Probably tougher than Necrons again. Probably tougher than Necrons. And it's going to be super interesting where they put the price point of the Orc boy because it could mean that the Green Tide is going to be huge. Interestingly, the Green Tide is then countered by Night Spam. <laughs> but then oh, Night Spam is countered by Tau. And Tau will be, unless they take all Fire Warriors, countered by Green Tide. See... And the, I think... But then Riptides. Riptides counter Green Tide, but Riptides are countered by Knights. In the Tau list I mentioned... Um, well, Tau... Okay, there's two Tau lists that did very well recently. Uh, one of which we don't know about. The other one is a lot of Fire Warriors. Only one Riptide. Um, some Pathfinders. And actually Sniper Drones, which blew me away. I don't know why the Sniper Drones in there, but... They thought it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, there might be something we don't know. Might well be. Um, okay, but the, just one piece of news is just we're hyped for October. Uh, but it's really weird that it's been like one full week now into October. And even the White Dwarf. The White Dwarf is focused on Age of Sigma, like some special offshoot game. This is motherfucking October. Why is the White Dwarf not about orcs? Like, we're yeah, going to get an October that's really White Dwarf. Concerning. 
next month. That's when we're going to get October. It's weird. It's a weird move. Why not just do an October White Dwarf for this month? Show us some of the stuff. Do you think this means the Codex is coming out in November? Like in the first week? I think the Codex is. The entire of October is going to be going, oh, look, stuff that will be coming. But I know. Here's the thing because there aren't pre orders up yet, right? As far as I'm aware, there are no pre orders up. Yeah. So that means maximum, or sorry, minimum, the pre orders come up next week, which is what I think is likely. So that means we're not going to see any Orc releases until the 20th of October. Mm. So we are 20 days into the month of the Orcs. And we're not going to see Orcs <laughs> like oh, until no, over. Yeah. And next month is not going to be... Unless they have a big Orcs. reveal, which I doubt they do. No, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Not gonna... So anyway, yeah, so that that's the thing. It's going to be pre-orders next weekend, which I'm disappointed. I was hoping it would be pre-orders this weekend, because I want to get my hands on some lovely buggies. And some boys. And on that note... <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> no? Not yet. Not getting your hands on the boys yet? Never. Not We're not spaces here. We're not space marine predators. Um, there is a new anniversary model coming out is there for what? age of sigma oh and 40k wait, how... and 40k mm. now the age of sigma one i'm not an age of sigma fan i do like some of the models and i think this is a pretty cool model for what simply it is. tree people tree people have the best models they are cool can you uh, link the... to that thing do i may i may see this model uh no you may not Okay. Right, I'll send you. I'll send you the link. Listen to the sound of heavy, heavy clicking. Kippity cap, cap, cap. That's the image. So there's Garcor, the Blade Geist Revenant. Uh, he looks pretty fucking cool. He does, yeah. He does look cool. Yeah. And Not he's bad. painted fucking awesomely. Oh yeah, like, the paint scheme is just gorgeous. Fucking like, crazy. It's like people. Smoke, but also translucent smoke that's also got light effects on it. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, you're so talented. God, it hurts. Mm. Okay, and the other model, the other special celebrating model is a Primaris Lieutenant, or Lieutenant, if you're American. Yep. Now, he's holding a bolt gun, or bolt rifle, with Stalker. a scope on it. Stalker bolt, Stalker bolt rifle. rifle. He's got a helmet on. Yep. Oh, sorry, he it's has no helmet. But he has a rebreather. Yeah. He's a face mask rebreather. Mm-hmm. He's taken the top half of his helmet off. Yes. The Stalker Bolt Pattern rifle yes. is hanging listlessly between, his, between legs. his legs. The helmet is swinging behind him, readied as if he's going to bowl it yeah. into the enemy. A friend of mine also pointed out he has a marksmanship award on his shoulder. Does he? <laughs> so we like to believe that this model, this new model coming, <laughs> this Primaris Lieutenant, is just about hitting aliens in the crotch with a helmet. <laughs> and that's how he takes them out. It's not classy, but somebody needs to if do it. If he gets the job done... You're going to bring down a car if you can find a him. Rifle? No, you're going to bring it down by throwing a helmet into its ghoulies? You're damn right you are. I mean, style is everything. Okay, style is everything. Yep. Be styling fools with your helmet. But yeah, so there's new models coming. The 40k one is rather lackluster, rather fun, 
that he's got a marksmanship award and he's about to throw a helmet at someone. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the news roundup. That's the news roundup. That everything done. Okay, cool. In that case. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. The chair's falling. (sighs) Someday we'll teach him how to use his hands. (laughs) Right. Thank you for joining us. And join us next week for the joining of the joining of the join.